from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Secure our territory. Secure our turf. Because it's all our turf. Elite Kenny in the Bucks, listen. This that undisputed, yeah, we're here to shock the system. This a war zone going down on Wednesday nights. This a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite. Weekly battles, ratings shattered, this a revolution. This is changed to what the game is used to doing. This is all about that dark and light contrast. Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. I am your host, Mike De Niro. I'm joined, as always, with G-Rock. Before we get into it, I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. Also, follow us on Instagram at Fight for Wednesday Night. Welcome back, Wednesday Night Warriors. (laughs) So, this week, it was a little different. We had AEW out at sea, which was pretty awesome. The optics was so crazy. Yeah, I, I, I mean... I've seen Ring of Honor's show where they were on the Jericho cruise last year. It looked like they just put a ring on a cruise ship, where this looked like there was a full wrestling show happening on a cruise ship. I just want to say, like, I really want to go next year. So if anyone's listening, please, like, give us tickets. We'll do a live podcast at sea. Like, Jericho, you're the man. I love you. You're the greatest wrestler that ever lived. But let's get into the show. Kenny Omega, I don't mean to cut you off, G-Rock, but Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus SCU was a phenomenal way to start the, start the show. It was for the uh, World Tag Team Championships, and due to the, I, I guess, the way the ring was set and how they got the people around the ring, there was not ma- not much space outside the ring. So we didn't see like a plethora of dives like we're accustomed to when we watch AEW, especially the first match. It's always an adrenaline rush. Yeah. yeah. So it was nice to see like a classic technical wrestling match for this uh, start of the show. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. It was, you know, a little different. We got everything inside the ring pretty much. I mean, for most of the night, everything was in the ring. And I mean, we got great action, you know. Both teams are phenomenal. Definitely. But it was it was cool. I like that we got to see the titles change hands. I didn't expect that. I thought that Omega and Hangman were going to combust during the match. Me too. I thought they were building for this match like, hey, we were so close and now you're going to like break up this team because you have an ego or you want to break away. Like We could have been champions. But they didn't go that route. They won the titles. And something that I pointed out was 
that this was the very first title change in AEW history. Ever since they crowned the first champion and the first tag team champion and the first women's champion, none of them changed hands until this match. Yeah, wow, that's like that's just really interesting. I, I think it just shows how they're willing to wait things out and they're yeah. willing to to I guess have patience. Yeah, there's there's no rush. I I would say the more I guess popular teams like the Young Bucks, the Lucha Bros, they're all slotted for a title reign in the future. Yeah, I got to believe so. Like, a, it would be really amateur if they all got a title reign within like the first year of AEW. I liked how everything's being stretched out. Everyone's getting a time or a, a actual title reign with these titles. I really think that Hangman and Omega are probably going to be transitional champions, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. But it was nice to see them win the belts. Yeah, I, I also love the way it ended because... The celebration carried into the story as well. Uh, so the Bucks come out, they you know celebrate with them. I, I'm not even sure if, if Cody might have came. Out. I don't remember. No, I think it was just the it. Bucks. Was it just the Bucks? Yeah. But Hangman is crowd surfing away from the ring where yeah. the celebration is. A la Spike Dudley. <laughs> yeah, he's like you know he was drinking beer with the crowd, and that's like his new thing. And I I, I love it because it was just continuous with this story. And now it makes me wonder like where do they go from here? I, it looks like. That's, that story is still contingent. They're still not on the same page. Hangman was kind of provoking the Young Bucks. Yeah, I, I don't know if we're going to see this feud culminate at the next pay-per-view since it's coming up in February. I don't know if you're going to have a rush title reign and then a breakup. So, I mean, going into this, I thought we were going to see Hangman versus Omega at uh, Revolution. But... At this point, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that. Unless they find a way to put Pack in this because they're still kind of feuding Pack and Omega. Yeah. This yeah, is what we talked about match. before, like having like uh, sub uh, you know feuds. What? I, I, did want to, I did want to speak on that real quick is that, I, like you said, those sub feuds, it does get a little... Confusing. Confusing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I, I sort of understand that sometimes they set up a story maybe a week or two in advance or like two weeks in advance. So they kind of plant the seeds, and then you have the match, not the next week, but the following week. And I'm seeing that, and that's okay. But sometimes with these feuds and sub-feuds and what's going on, it does get a little confusing. And it was weird because um, they're being interviewed about their tag titles, and yet Kenny's talking about Pac. Yeah. And it's just like, well, you know, you have the tag team titles. And he's mentioning how he's got to defend them. But I do think that promo was really awesome because the Bucks came out and you yeah. know, congratulated them. And I love how they kept showing... That hangman was the back burner. Every time he was talking, the mic was, you know, pulled or somebody is talking and the spotlight is shifted. So, totally, you know, really great job on, on their part um, for continuing this story and leaving us to a point where we don't know where it's going to go next. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm very uh, intrigued to see where this goes. So, G-Rock, like you said, we've seen the Young Bucks come out during the match or after the match for the uh, celebration. We've seen the Young Bucks... Um, have uh, appearance during the promo with uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman. We've seen a lot of Young Bucks on this show because we also seen the Young Bucks come out during the MJF promo. MJF came out, he was cutting a promo how Cody can't touch him and just like saying, hey, yeah, I think we set up. Him. Cody yeah. comes out, finally we have like a confrontation in the ring between these two. I believe this is the first one since, um, I guess when Wardlow debuted. I don't remember if they had any interactions like in ring. Yeah, and I found that really weird. Yeah, it was that, like too much. Cody comes out, talks, then MJF comes out after and talks. But 
during the segment, like, I was saying how MJF should just slap Cody because Cody can't, like, hit him. We did see MJF, like, provoking Cody to, like, strike him. And then the Young Bucks come out and they double super kick MJF, throw him in the pool. I would have liked to see them throw him overboard, but they threw him in the pool. <laughs> Might yeah. be pushing it a tad yeah. bit. Yeah. Not saying I want to see a death, like, yeah, yeah. you know, have have a lifeguard, like, ready. But the thing is, the Bucks did come out and have Cody's back. I've mentioned in the past how it's a little weird how Cody now doesn't have the Bucks or anybody coming out and helping him or defending him when he's going against the likes of a Butcher and Blade or MJF or a Wardlow. Like, let's not forget, they're the elite. And when the Young Bucks needed it, Cody was there. When they were feuding with, uh, well, when they were getting attacked by the Dark Order, Cody yeah. and Dustin came yeah. out. So I thought that was nice that we finally seen one of the members or two members from the Elite have Cody's back. You know, that's that's a that's a, a really good point that you brought up. Because now I'm thinking about it. I think because of the story of Hangman kind of separating away from the Elite, it would be kind of weird if you already have Cody kind yeah. of being separate, uh, like separating from the Elite as well. It, it would actually bring it back to the original three members of the elite kenny omega and the young bucks create the elite when they kicked aj styles out of the bullet club so it would be cool to see that but i do like the elite including hangman and cody yeah it's cool that they all do their own things but when need be they kind of still got each other's back and they still come you know i also like marty Skrull in the elite and it's cool that he's doing his own thing and made my <laughs> prediction about the dark order very wrong but whatever well i digress I'm glad you got that out of your system. I know you've been holding that in for a little bit now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Something I'm also holding in is my excitement about the main event for this show because I thoroughly enjoyed Pack versus Mox. Yeah, I don't know if I said it on the last podcast, but I said every time we get a match with Mox and, and, and Pack, I'm gonna love it because yeah. they they I just feel like they can't put on a bad match. The chemistry is there, and I'm not sure. I don't think that they ever wrestled in WWE. Unless it was on a house show or maybe in a tag match. But I don't think they had a one-on-one match. So there's no. two WWE guys who didn't touch, which is pretty cool because it's still a fresh matchup. It's not like, oh, well, go back uh, Raw 2014 and you will see that. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. still a fresh matchup. And like you said, I don't know if you just said it, like they had a draw the last time they wrestled. So it was nice that we seen the match get enough time and we got a definitive winner. This also sets up the main event for the Revolution pay-per-view. Yeah, but I, I wanted to also mention about that finished. I loved the way it was finished. Oh, me too. Because they still keep the paradigm shift strong. And if I'm not mistaken, he had to hit it twice. Yeah, he, he does like the quick paradigm shift, which used to be the uh, Dirty Deeds. Yeah. Like, he would like just hit it in a quick motion. What he's been doing since leaving WWE is doing that like elevated, Bated, yeah. like landing you on your head. Kind of like what Finn Balor does for the uh, 1916. Yeah. So... It's really cool to see him have to hit it twice because it kind of shows that respect to uh, Pack saying, hey, I have to hit you with my finisher twice in a row for me to feel confident that I can hold you down for a three count. Yeah, that's exactly what I was... It what keeps I was him point- strong. Yeah, I was yeah. pointing out that it, at least Pack will still look strong. Um... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... 
I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. And that, that move still holds strong, you know? It's yeah. not like he kicked out of it. Yeah, that's something, too. It's not like he had to hit it, kick out, hit it again. Yeah, yeah. So I like that he just hit it twice in a row to really put him down. But one thing I wanted to I wanted to point out, which I thought was pretty interesting, throughout that match, if you noticed, uh, Pac went to the top rope. I think even Mox went to the top rope. And because they're outside, they're dealing with the wind factor. Oh, yeah. So they're feeling... You know their body's being pushed, and it's hard to maintain your 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 balance and stability on that. And I was surprised because Pac went up once, and you see him kind of hesitating, and he's dealing with that that wind and trying to maintain his balance. So I thought, okay, that's it. Yeah. I was shocked that he went back up a, a second time later on in the match, and then hits the well goes for the black arrow. I just thought that was insane because he already didn't have his balance the first time. And that's a move where. I want to feel, if I'm doing the move, I want to feel confident that I have my balance because I'm not going to go for a backflip and not have balance and like land on my head or even like go backwards and land outside the ring. But yeah, we've seen all night that the wind was really blowing. Every time there was pyro or smoke, you saw it get well, shifted right it, to it the right. Well, look, it blew off uh, JR's hat at the start of the show. <laughs> yeah, He exactly. was atlas. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I would be remiss if I didn't bring up Moxley and how he looked like the governor from <laughs> The Walking Dead. Yeah. But I wanted to give him a... a a shout out and props to him because that is tough wrestling with an eye patch and then an eye wrap over it. And then it kept on moving and then even pack, uh, uh, like takes it off and he's like pounding his face. Yeah. And you know what was very like weird seeing blood on that patch or on the bandages, because that now makes me think, I remember we raised the question last week. Was it real? Did he really get injured? I think he did. I Now here's the thing. I, I think he did as well, but I don't think he got hit in the eye. It probably was like around the orbital bone or like around the eyebrow or yeah. slightly above. So that there is an injury. It's not just not directly on the eye. Um, I, I think so too. It, it did look like it was like you said, like the eyebrow, maybe. If you notice when he got but, hit with the spike, there was never a real clear shot of that side. Yeah. They didn't want to show you directly where he was hit. So there is an injury there. It does seem like there is a cut. Yeah, there has to be because... And knowing Moxley, I'm sure he took that cut. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, knowing Moxley, he said, hey, Jericho, it would be really cool for visuals if you actually pull my eye out and like <laughs> stomp on it. And I'll go throughout life without it. But He's... one thing I want to say was, I noticed that there was blood. You're not bleeding like through bandages. No, So no. that has to be a real injury. Like the cut opened back up. But yeah, that also like makes me think it wasn't from the eye. It was from like above the eye or something. But maybe he was really injured. 
Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I don't doubt that the spike made contact and, and actually cut him. But I just don't think it was in the eye. But like I said, hey, that's tough wrestling a match, especially somebody as good as Pac. You're on a, a ship. You got wind. Yeah, outside. He's, yeah, outside. He's moving. You know, that thing's constantly moving above the, I mean, on the other eye as yeah. well. It almost became like a blindfold. He has to constantly shift it. It's a big distraction. Also, not to get so technical, but like wind could put like something in your eye. Like it, you could get blown something <laughs> in your imagine, eye. Like, you imagine you get particle dust in yeah. your other, in your good eye? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That would have been a disaster. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this show. I love that AEW has different sceneries like the um, amphitheater and the the cruise ship. It's awesome to see. I think that that added a lot to the show and I thought it was a very successful night. And I think I think right now, I think that weighs heavy in their favor, especially with NXT being shown in full sale. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about it before, you know, just the optics of full sale and how it seems kind of small. And yet you have this other company where they're on a ship or they have this, you know, mm-hmm. beach theme and and you're right, in the amphitheater, you know, even though some of these things didn't work out perfectly. Yeah, like for the live crowd, yeah, it but still was cool for the visuals. That exactly, the visual side of it, it's awesome, and that, and I feel like that's their advantage right now. Yeah, so let's talk about NXT. Not on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> not on a boat. Still in full sail. Still in full sail. They're not, both not, sailing. But yeah, not a sailboat. Not a sailboat. I thought NXT was a very good show. Uh, you know what? Competing with AEW being on a ship, I thought this this show did very well. Yeah, I. Would love to see them do more, I guess. Like, all right, I know they did really well. I do think that you knew what you were going up against. You knew that the visuals were going to be different. I thought the least they could do is, like, do something with the visuals for them also. So if you're flipping back and forth, be like, oh, they're on a ship. Oh, snap. NXT's got a white ring mat again. Or they lit up. <laughs> but that's, that's nitpicking. This was a great show. It was a show where we finally seen Imperium and... Undisputed error, like clashing. Imperium finally getting like some revenge for the attack in the NXT UK takeover show, and also costing the Undisputed Error their spot in the Dusty Classic. Yeah, uh, I was a little upset last week that we didn't see Imperium. I would like to see an immediate reaction. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and let's not say, oh, well, they just had takeover and they're in the UK because we've seen Mark Andrews and you've seen the Grizzled Young Vets and yeah, uh, yeah. Flash Morgan Webster, they were all on that show as well. And they were in NXT live on Wednesday in Florida. So it's like... Yeah, I mean, it's funny because the first thing I was going to think of was, oh yeah, Nigel's there too. I mean, you know, Nigel does the commentary and he yeah. comes up here. But I mean, he's not wrestling. I get it. Yeah. But those guys you did mention did wrestle. And yeah. and, and they... In ladder matches. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then when they come to NXT, they're still going balls to the wall. So I don't know. Yeah, one thing I did like about this though was it wasn't just a segment. It was something that expanded throughout the whole show. We've seen them uh, brawl in the beginning of the show. Or we've seen uh, Imperium cost them. we then also seen, at the end of the show, a big brawl between Imperium and Undisputed Error. Well, I, I don't mean to cut you off there, Denaro, but I wanted to. I just wanted to, to, to stop there when you said that they cost them the, the Dusty Classic. And I thought that was really big, and I thought that was really cool. Um, you know... Uh, uh, Kyle O'Reilly and, and Bobby Fitch, they, they're both champions. They don't They've really need all. to. Yeah, I, they they have it all right now. You don't want to cross that line. It's a fine line between a heavy push and pushing you down our throats. Exactly. And it doesn't matter how cool or how good you are. It's very clear when you're getting something pushed down your throat. So I'm glad that they they contained themselves and said we're not going to put them in the main event of yeah. the Dusty Classic. But I just want to point out that I thought this was really well done. And for them to lose, I mean, they're the, they're the tag team champions. So... Yeah. 
you can't have them loose clean. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So this was perfect. Having Imperium be the distraction. I like how they were on the balcony. I like that optics that was very of them looking different. down at them like that. Like yeah. that was different as well. With the spotlight. Exactly. Uh, and I, I, I like that we got the grizzled young vets moving forward and we don't really know them to that well. So now yeah. it's a new team that we can sort of like sort of get behind and, and sort of get to know, I guess. Yeah. I'm and we and we got to know them. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off again, mm -hmm. but at least in that promo with the the Broser Weights. Yeah, I am interested to see more James Drake. I am a little more familiar with uh, Zach Gibson. I know he has a very Nigel McGuinness like uh move set. Yeah. And I that was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. It was Nigel McGuinness, Brian Danielson, AJ Styles, but <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so it's going to be cool to see them being continued. Well, see them continue on NXT and NXT UK. There's only a few guys that are currently doing that. Yeah. But to have them in this top role, it also makes them a star, well, a star team because you go from unknown to main eventing a prestigious tournament that they do every year, like the Dusty Classic. It makes you, like, at that level of other winners of the Dusty Classic, like the AOP, Finn Balor, and Joe, like the Undisputed Error. Yeah. So that's something that I like because it built new stars. And, yeah, I am extremely excited for the, the finals of the Dusty Classic. Yeah, I, I you know, going back to that, I, I really love that that promo uh, with the Broser Weights. Yeah. And Riddle, <laughs> you said something about manipulating a joint? <laughs> Bro. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. And I, I love this, this, this duo of two different yeah. personalities that just work and it's comedy it's mm -hmm. just it's great but they're still great wrestlers times have changed i remember when rvd was doing rvd 420 in ecw and then he was told can't do that here in wwe and now we got weed jokes with matt riddle who we all know he's a stoner yeah but yeah like you said it was nice to see uh the two different personalities come together we are seeing more personality out of uh pete dunn like having like that little bro moment and then during the match uh he's doing like the shrug so yeah, you it's, know, I, it's more, it's another dynamic to his character. Yeah, exactly. I think you hit it on the head on the last podcast when you said that he was kind of like floundering there. Like they didn't have anything strong for him. Yeah, and both these guys are way too good to be floundering on the roster. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So putting them together, I mean, it, it was just one of those things. It was like kind of thrown together, but it works. It, it reminds me a lot of The Bar because Sheamus yes, and Cesaro, yes. two amazing wrestlers who had like no spot on that roster you put them together as a team and all of a sudden they're like running through the whole division and that's cool it really worked here same thing like the new day right like yeah, three guys that were kind that's of like a jobbers, really good just do them together and boom yeah. did they skyrocket you know what i mean yeah, i'm definitely. not saying that that's what's going to happen with the broser weights but i'm just saying is that right now it's really enjoyable it, yeah. and I, i'm glad that they advance and now we're going to see them in the finals of the dusty classic and personally i would love to see them win because then we get more of the broser weights. And yeah, I mean, why not, right? I mean, you can't. I mean, are you going to pull them apart after they win the Dusty Classic? They proved to be one of the best tag teams in both NXTs. Back to floundering for you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got nothing for you guys. This was it. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, very entertaining. Something else that was extremely entertaining was Mr. Besk and his glory, Keith Lee and Roderick Strong. They built up to this match for two weeks. Keith Lee won a number one contendership that four-way with Priest Grimes and Dijakovic. Roderick Strong attacked him last week. Now we got the big blow-off. And I think that Keith Lee winning the title was... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. 
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Amazing. It was a great decision because something that wrestling companies, not I'm not putting NXT, WWE, AW, anyone in the box, wrestling companies, sometimes they don't pull the trigger on what's hot. They don't strike when the iron's hot. Yes. And they are building a star and then you have them in a title match and then you don't pull that trigger and then you have them in another title match, don't pull that trigger. By the third title match is like, he's already like old news. I don't care. You know what I mean? We've seen that with Braun Strowman where it's like, you build him up against Brock, you have him lose. You build him back up, you have him lose. It's like, next time you build him, it's like, I don't care Rem- to see this. Remember Roman Reigns. I forgot what year, the, the Royal Rumble. Yeah. When, when he, he, uh, he, he, bro- he set the record for the most eliminations. Yeah, and then and- he got eliminated by Batista and it was like, by the time they started pushing him, because they were chaining his name. Yeah, yeah. By the time they started pushing him, it was like, uh. And that's why I was going to say that. I feel like if Keith Lee was in Raw or SmackDown, we would see that. Yeah. But if now that he's in NXT, well, since he's in NXT, I think that, that Triple H has his finger on the pulse more than Vince does. I just want to bring up something real quick. On WWE Backstage this week, CM Punk was on. Mm-hmm. One of the rare times that he's on because we all thought he was going to be on all the week, but whatever. So he was asked to give his prediction for the Royal Rumble. Yeah. He said, if you want to strike when the iron's hot and you want to build a star... Like, people already are forgetting Survivor Series when he Keith Lee, like, was stepping up to Roman Reigns and yeah. making a star for himself. People are forgetting that because we haven't seen anything on the main roster with him. He said that his prediction would be Keith Lee running the Royal Rumble. I think that Triple H hearing that... I'm not saying that he didn't think Keith Lee was going to be champion, but I think that since the notion is already out there in the wrestling world that, hey, it's starting to be like come on like when you're going to strike with this guy you've been yeah. building up building up building up every week making him look like a superstar like i feel like you kind of are forcing the hand to make him a champion i do want to say if keith lee wins the royal rumble that would be phenomenal yeah that would be absolutely insane but yeah so the the wrestling world is talking that keith lee is ready to be a megastar right now and i think i think nxt needs that you know they're still being looked at as the third wheel yeah. You know, they, they still haven't gained that respect as the third brand and not just that's still, you know, developmental. And I think it, by by having mega stars on that show, 
would do well for that brand overall. Yeah, and something that we talk about with AEW is how they build stars. And how it's great that not only do they have the recognizable faces, but they're also building their own stars. Yeah. Something that NXT has is stars that are stars on the independent scene, but to the viewers of Raw and SmackDown, they're not necessarily like familiar with them. So what does NXT do to try to get ratings? They bring in a Finn Balor or the uh, Fashion Police, people that people know from the main roster. So it's nice to see, instead of bringing in another guy that we know from the main roster, we're going to build the guys that we have to be megastars and undeniable. So when you're talking about who's going to win the Royal Rumble and a guy like CM Punk says Keith Lee, that holds a lot of weight. You know what, Daniel? I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I was thinking about that, I think, a couple of weeks ago. How I would like to see more established Raw SmackDown guys that are really floundering, like we were saying, you know, what, what like Pete Dunn was doing, where they don't have anything for. You know, maybe you put them in NXT and get them involved. And at least I feel like it's more notable guys that people recognize might get more eyes. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, they, they need to be stars, you know, yeah. or need to be champions over here. But I'm just saying is that AEW, they get the rub from a Jericho, from a Moxley, yeah. from a Cody. You know what I mean? They don't have that over there. Like you just said, these are stars from the indies. Yeah. And so I, that's why I feel like there's no translation of of uh, the casual fans crossing over to seeing NXT. And I totally agree with that. The only thing that I disagree with is the... NXT roster already is so big and there's only two hours. We don't have a three-hour Raw for yeah, NXT. Yeah, very true. So the more people you add to that roster, it's going to be like, all right, people are going to lose their spot or they're not going to be seen anymore. If you add, say, someone who's not being utilized, I don't know, whoever, like you add them from Raw to NXT, NXT. we might not see a Dijakovic for a while. Yeah, we might not see a Cameron bumped. Grimes for a while. And these are guys that have all the talent in the world, we, they just need to take that like next step, but maybe they don't get the opportunity to take that next step because they got bumped. So I like this path of like building the stars that they have. I think Finn Balor at the moment is enough to have like a mega like star. And then also you have like the fashion police who are like, or Brazongo, they are not going by fashion police. Yeah. Um, but they are also doing that. Like they have like Mike Bennett and Tony Nese who are kind of like just there. They're putting them together as a team. They're going to be, they're already doing NXT live shows. And then also, you also have to understand that there's already talks about them signing Killer Cross, and then there's more yeah, people coming. I, I, I want. I just want to. I just want to mention that. I, but I, I don't mean to. Like, I'll let you finish. I just want to say, like, my point of bringing up Killer Cross is there is going to be more signings. The more signings that they do, the more people are bringing. They're bringing to NXT. There's already going to be like limited spots. So to bring people that you already have back, it might be too much. Yeah, now I don't want to go too much on on Killer Cross. I mean, if you have your ear to to the rumor mill. He's not taking bookings up from now until WrestleMania weekend. It's yeah. kind of pretty much shown that he's going to sign with WWE. His girlfriend's there. He's he's had a meeting with Triple H. Yeah, I think multiple meetings, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, There's talks of uh, main, main roster, roster type money. of money. Yeah. Now, I understand that he's having main roster money. And I put this out on the on the podcast, uh, Fight for Wednesday Night podcast, uh, Instagram page. And I put it on the stories would you rather see him in the main roster or in NXT? Now, personally, I would love to see them take a big star, right? A guy like that. And if you're going to pay him, you know, main roster money, that's great. But put him on NXT because NXT can use more star power and more eyes. Not only that, but they can use more character. And something that I mentioned on the story on the Fight for Wednesday Night Pod, I mean, Instagram also was that this is a guy who has a complete package. He could talk. 
He has a great character that's very unique, and he can wrestle. So I think NXT needs that a lot more right now than more than Raw than, and SmackDown. So if Killer Cross gets signed, if he's not already, yeah. I think it's a no-brainer. He needs to be on NXT. I think the main roster money is just an incentive to not go to AEW. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, I don't want to talk too much about a guy that is not technically signed. So I just want to go back to this match with, with Roddy and, and Keith Lee. I love the way it ended with Imperium coming out again. Yeah. And just the optics of seeing them on one side against the other side and then just clashing. War. Yeah. Like a war. Like it was so dope. And that's the way they ended the show. And I love that. I don't know. There's something about ending the show with chaos in a brawl mm-hmm. that just is exciting. And it's just like, oh, I can't wait till the next week. Yeah. And can I just say that Adam Cole... I think his chest is still stuck on the mat. Holy shit, what a fucking chop. Oh my god. I don't god. even think that was a chop. I think we he had like an invisible bat or something that he smacked his chest with. That sounded vicious. I think he stole his soul with that fucking chop. Yeah, I, I mean, it was I wouldn't vicious. be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I never heard anything like that. That sounded like... <sighs> yeah, that was insane. It, Sorry, it, Cole. And I think this was just such a great show from start to finish. And and one thing I wanted to point out too was uh, I love the vignette of Shotzi Blackheart. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had a match against Shayna. I mean, she was the one having most of the offense in that match. Yeah. And she looked phenomenal. And also when Shayna got her into the, um, what's her finishing? Like the rear naked choke. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. The, um, oh, what did she call the, We got our, our viewers right now screaming, it's the yeah, such the, and such. Carafuda clutch, I think yeah, it's called. Yeah, 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 the Carafuda clutch. When she got her in, it wasn't a quick tap out. Uh, no, Shotzi Blackheart no, actually fought until she like was ready to pass out and then finally tapped yes, out. Yes, and I, I love that because Shotzi was getting most of the offense. Yeah. This girl, actually, she has a lot of talent, and I think she can be something in, in NXT, especially with that women's division. It's stacked. I, I still think that she can be a star. And I like that they didn't just quick finish, you know, as soon as she get in the, the Kuda, Carafu, whatever, clutch, whatever, whatever fucking clutch yeah. it is, that she didn't just tap out. It made her seem strong. She was struggling. And it just, I don't know, it added to that finish as well. Yeah, it shows that she has heart and she has fight. And that's one thing that NXT has, heart and fight. It was a great night for both shows. I personally... At this moment, I can't give a winner. I really enjoyed both shows. So you know I, what? I don't know. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this right now. I had the same struggle. I was thinking and thinking and thinking about it. And I don't mean to cut you off, but just for the record, I'm not the one to give participation trophies to anybody. <laughs> I really can't pick here. Oh, no. Fuck that. You either yeah. win or you lose. There's no yeah. participation trophies here. So even though there was two really good shows, I had to lean with NXT. And I think it's by just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. I loved AW and I loved it for the difference and the, the and optics, the optics yeah. and being on a boat. But I thought the better show, complete show from start to finish was NXT. But like I said, for me, it was it was super close because that was still a good show. I just think that there's still, you know, a couple of kinks and it was tough being on, on that boat. And I, I just, I didn't think that, uh, that Britt Baker was ready to have a mic mm. put in her hands, especially yeah. she was put in a situation where it's windy yeah. and hair is blowing in her face and she's trying to talk and it was just, it was a little rough. But um, yeah, I mean, it was still a great show. And so I think NXT just, just beat them by a smidge. I think the real winner is us fans. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Here he goes, handing out the participation trophies. 
<laughs> no, but definitely it was a great show on both ends, and I can't wait to see what we get next. Wait a minute, week. no, 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 gun to your head, you have to pick. All gun right, to your head, you have to fucking pick. Ah, uh, to be honest, I'm going to give the edge to AEW. I really enjoyed that show start to finish. I like where the storylines are going. There was a lot of twists and turns. I did not expect uh, Omega and Hangman to win the titles. So that was no, a me nice neither. one. That was, that was amazing. Where we had two title changes on this particular Wednesday, and I kind of expected Keith Lee to win the champion. I did not expect Omega and Hangman to. So that was a nice shock. I like where everything went with Cody and uh, MJF. I like that he has a way to get back at MJF even if he can't like put his hands on him. Yeah, yeah, that was I cool. love I love the main event. One thing I, I didn't get to mention when we were talking about the main event was I loved Jericho on commentary. He was phenomenal on that. Yes. I loved um, a lot of that show. Like maybe the Britt Baker promo was the only part that I didn't necessarily yeah, like. I, but, it, but you know what? Like I said, the wind was a big factor yeah, there too. Yeah. It was blowing in her face. The crowd was kind of like, they were cursing, so they, they, like yeah. Mike was getting cut. Yeah, yeah, so it wasn't fair to her. I as didn't well. know like if they were like getting silent or if there was like Novocaine in their mouth. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, it, it was it was a really good show, and I'm going to give the edge by a smidget to AEW. Well, it was that kind of week, and it was on a boat. <laughs> in case you didn't know. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you for listening, and we'll s- talk to you guys next week. Yep, catch you later. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.